down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone, so it's Dr. J Hitmosis. Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Thursday, April 9th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with one of the sharper DFS guys, up-and-comers, and fantastic partner on our DFS Coach Talk venture. It's sort of Groundhog Day for Mr. Santino and I, and uh, <laughs> we can explain that as we go. How are you today, Mr. Santino Cocone? I'm doing well. Uh, it's kind of a little rainy day where I am, rainy morning. Uh, but it's but it's not bad. I have nothing to complain about right now, and everything's going well except for uh, you mentioned it, the Groundhog Day, and I, I think we're gonna touch upon it a few times as we go around today. Yeah, it's craziness. We, you know, I've done. I was trying to figure it out last night. Uh, 350 or so podcasts, and never had one of the the recorded podcasts just vanish and. Somewhere uh, in the cloud between us recording it and on Skype, uh, it wouldn't let me download it. And it, uh, we got uh, Santino spent some time looking into it, and it was just gone. We did a show, what was it, about a week and a half ago? On, on, it was the uh, Suns and the T Wolves, and uh, we were all fired up. We did a really good podcast. It was pretty long, everything was real sound, and then it just floated up uh, in the cloud and sort of vanished. So here yeah. we are, uh, and we get another shot at the uh, Suns and T-Wolves. So if we forgot anything, uh, <laughs> we'll definitely won't this time, right? I hope not. I, th- I think we, we nailed everything last time. We, we had a lot of really good stats. We were going on for a little bit. So ho- hopefully, I think, hopefully we remember everything we hit upon. Well, we're after this... <laughs> Double header. We're going to be experts on the T Wolves and Suns. That's for sure. <laughs> for but sure. this this will be the last NBA uh, breakout show. Uh, you and and Mike did a great job with the Lakers and Clippers yesterday, so that was very informative. And now, like I say, we're just having to go back and redo this one, and then it's on to baseball, man. Can you believe that? Oof, already. That's that's going to be fun too. Uh, I think we're doing a little bit of. Uh, I know you wanted to do uh, DFS drafting for basketball. Does that happen shortly after this or before base or after baseball? Well, the, the schedule right now, and again, we, we're in the dark just like everybody else in the world. I mean, we keep reading <laughs> into these things about maybe baseball is going to start in May and they're all going to play in Arizona, which would be great. I'm happy with that. I'd be, go for that for sure. But then they they sort of backpedaled on that yesterday in the news, so we don't know for sure what's going on. In the NBA, they started talking about uh, hunkering down and having all the teams in Vegas in a couple of hotels and playing all the games there where they play the summer league with the dual the two courts in the in the same building there, and uh, that idea was is being floated around. So you know, but again, nothing concrete so what we've done here as our daily listeners know is we we're taking this time to really dig in and look at the three sports that we provide for the three main sports being nba mlb and nfl and we're preparing to just crush it when we come back uh with dfs rather than 
do shows about nonsensical things like uh, who's the best team of the 80s or I've heard all these things or, uh, you know, draft the greatest team of all time. Uh, you know, a lot of the simulation shows, the 2K shows. And as for us, we just felt like, you know, we're going to be disciplined. We're going to really take a deep dive on all these teams and take notes. So when DFS comes back and it very well Santino could be all three sports playing at the same time. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be nuts. And uh, we wanted to be prepared. So we've gone through, we ha- we did uh, four podcasts just on strategy of basketball, how it's different on the sites and how uh, p- bankroll management contest selection. We went through that. Re-listen to those if you can. They, they, are very informative if you play NBA DFS. Now, today we finished the NBA, and to get to your question, we're going to do four shows, same type of breakout of all the strategies and everything for baseball. Then we're going to go two-by-two in baseball, same deep dive that we did. Then, if we're not back, uh, well, we won't be back by then. So we'll get a start in football doing the same thing. Strategy shows, two two teams a day, deep dive preparation. So for the good thing for baseball and, and football is it's going to be a preview of the upcoming season. With basketball, we've had to do this preview of if they're going to play like the 15 or 16 games remaining, or if they're not, or they're going to do 10 games or so, or if they're going to go straight to the playoffs. So we've had to juggle a little bit in basketball but it'll be cut and dry in baseball and football so then we'll go through all the football and at that point i'm hoping as we get into may that we get a return of sports that's everybody's keeping their fingers crossed if it's delayed further we set up mock drafts for our whole dfs coach talk team in all three sports we're going to do one by one And when I say mock drafts, we're not going to do any silly stuff. It's going to be based on total DFS points. So obviously the number one picks either going to be Giannis or Harden or something like that. So we're going to draft, snake draft it out so that we all have teams. And then when they come back and actually play, we can see who drafted the best team and uh, we have some contests set up and everything else. And we'll do uh, that in the other two sports if it goes on. You know, and we don't start until June, mid-June or something like that. But we're all crossing our fingers, Santino. What What do you think is going to happen, man? I know it's just a guess. Um, I honestly, I don't know. Uh, every every day there's something different that's coming out. I don't think they're going to play till at least June, any sports. I think they're going to try to do their best to do so. And they're, every, every league is going through their um, – is – talking everything out so when something does come up they're ready for it but uh, right. i think it's going to be a little bit i just think everybody's doing their due diligence so that like i said when we have a little momentum going um the leagues are ready for it but i don't know i don't know i think it's just a shot in the dark to know when everything's going to subside yeah i know it, man i it's just mind-boggling because, you, you know, we, there's nothing to compare this to. I mean, it's so unique, once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's like we have no idea. But uh, it's funny. The very first podcast we did, Andrew and I, after the COVID-19 announcement and we shut things down, 
I made a just a, a crazy prediction, and we had no clue at that time. We still don't have a clue. But at that time, I guessed May 15th. And so I'm sticking with my guns, man. If I could, if it would be May 15th, I can accept that. I'd be good with it. So uh, that's that's what I'm standing by, and I have no particular reason why. You know, it's going to take one of the leagues having the guts to put it out there first. Once once one of the leagues says this is what we're going to do, then I think everybody else will follow suit. But nobody wants to be the first one to do it. That's the problem. So who the hell yeah. knows, man? <laughs> All we we'll can see. do is hope. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, join us here, too, by the way, you know, or in our Discord, because we, we talk, talk about all this stuff and look at all the different scenarios all the time. Uh, you can go to dfscoachtalk.com. Uh, we have all kinds of information on there, updated podcast, our contest schedule, uh, some some good articles, some good reads in there, too. And if you want to jump in as a member, our memberships are frozen until sports begin. So nobody's losing a single day on their membership. But uh, that would give you access to our Discord, our pros, and uh, just a lot of great information. Everybody's always in there in the Discord. And then we've been doing some fun contests. And I'm so agitated speaking of contests uh, do you know that I finished I, – I just looked it up before we got on here. I knew that it was six times I finished second, and you get nothing for second. You have to win <laughs> for those that haven't played. And it's only in the last 10 days. So I've got six second-place finishes, which is might as well finish last. And it's I just can't break through the this uh, Coach's Challenge 2 uh, wall here. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. A lot. That's a lot of seconds. Tell me about it, craziness. But uh, we're gonna we're we're having a lot of fun with it, talking a lot of trash. And uh, last night I I was a little uh, premature. I was in first, and I I thought I had it locked down, so I shot out the the gifts of uh, gifs whatever of of uh, Yahtzee and you know celebration and all that, and I got sniped. I got sniped. So yeah, the last you know, couple days I think I finished third in all four or both baseballs and basketballs and i'm just it's my my star players i i know in basketball joel Embiid. i thought i had it in the bag i had him and i was down um like 30 points and i had Embiid left he got me a 12 burger <laughs> the other day before that i had kyrie irving left and then he got me 19 or so and i lost by uh-huh. nine it's just like get a normal game even a 40 point game and and i would have taken it down but yeah these killer. simulations are weird it's very weird how they how they score these things it is well i mean it's funny the one day you know you can't take a zero so they they only if somebody plays and, and does something in the game does it count on that simulation do you know that i had maxi Kleba the other day and I was in the hunt. I was like fifth. I had a good shot. And you know what he had for the game? <laughs> what, like 0. 0.7? 0.3. That's that's bad. <laughs> Talk uh, about sinking the ship, man. So that was yeah. hilarious. I looked at it and I thought, that has to be a misprint. I'm looking. Oh, my God. Hilarious. That's what I get for taking Maxi Kleba. When we yeah. talked about the Mavs the other day, I, I mentioned – 
that he's not a good DFS player. So why he made my sim lineup, I, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call it up as a misclick. That's all I can say. But uh, who knows? But anyway, also uh, you know, on Twitter, follow us at DFS Coach Talk. You can and shoot us questions, anything you want us to share on the podcast. Um, you can reach me directly at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. Santino, what's your uh, Twitter? My Twitter is at Santino Cacone. That's at S A N T I N O C A C C O N E. Excellent. All right, man. Let's get into some some funning and gunning here. Uh, you want to start off with the T Wolves? Yeah, I mean, you just said fun and gunning, and that's pretty much how I, I view the T-Wolves. They're fun to watch, and they gun. Yeah. Um, that's, yep. a, that's a really great uh, segue right there. But let's start with the record. Obviously, the, the Wolves have no chance to make the playoffs this year. They're 19-45. and 45. Uh, Their home and away record are pretty much the same. Uh, when you're bad, that comes with the territory. Um, yeah. But They're actually worse at home, which is even more yeah, weird. Yeah, it is funny. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is, especially if we get basketball back and there's some regular season games, this is a team that I want to watch play as long as everybody's playing. Uh, and even next year, it's a team that's going to be at the top of my list for my NBA League Pass. I think they're so much fun to watch, and I just can't wait to watch them. And I'll tell you why. Um, obviously, they have the big cat right there, uh, the big tiger in Carl Anthony Towns. He's, he's an yeah. absolute stud. He missed roughly half the games this year. He only played 35 of 64 games, so he pretty much missed half a season. Uh, and that yeah. that explains why they are 19 and 45. But he's, sure. he's you know, he, when you're missing your best player, who's a top 10 player in the league, uh, and you don't have much else, that's what happens. But they do have a little bit else now. Uh, they have D'Angelo Russell, who another guy who missed roughly 30, 35 games. Um, he's yeah. going to be awesome to watch. I, I can't wait to see those two play together. Um, unfortunately, we only got to see them play one game together before Towns That's got hurt. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Town, Towns' mis- season was very mysterious. He went from uh, that suspension when him and Embiid got into that little bit, little bit of a tussle oh, after yeah. three and a, Yeah. They started three yeah. and zero, and then they got into a tussle. And did you the know that Patrick and games. I had we had Embiid and Cat uh, that night in a chicken soup challenge? up against <laughs> each funny. other and they got in a fist fight it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh, but yeah the wolves never recovered from that they started three and oh and then that happened and they never won three games again in a row and for the season but um and then towns got that uh mysterious knee injury and i say mysterious because he was listed day to day the whole time and you didn't think he was going to miss 15 plus games but he wound up doing that and i say mysterious Again, because um, there was reported friction between him and the veteran Jeff Teague on the team. And yeah. Jeff Teague got traded to the the Hawks. And the next day, literally the next day, which was the next game, Carl Anthony Towns was all of a sudden healthy again. He wasn't um, day-to-day or week-to-week. He was back in the lineup. And I don't know. I, I don't like to listen to a lot of rumors like that. But um, sometimes there's smoke to the – or sometimes there's fire to the smoke – and that might be one of them because that's just a weird situation. Uh, but speaking of Towns' rocky, mysterious season, yeah, they, they traded everybody. They they made him happy. They got D'Angelo Russell, his one of his best buddies. And a game into their Russell-Towns tenure, it was revealed that Towns had a bad wrist. 
And then a week later, they said, oh, it's actually fractured and he's going to miss time. So apparently he was probably playing with a fractured wrist and nobody knew it. But, yeah, that just adds to the mysterious season of Towns. Crazy. And, and huh. you know, he's been a workhorse years past. He's a yeah. guy that hardly ever missed. So that's what made it more of a bizarre happening, you know. Yeah. And and even before um, before he was hurt and that this thing, when he was playing, when he came back from the knee injury, you could see the frustration on his face in interviews oh, yeah on the court he was just pissed at everything about this team and franchise and he just didn't like the people he was playing with and kudos to the front office and everybody for going out there and getting his guy and russell and getting everybody they made they brought in nine new players nine this season they got rid of nine uh, subsequently but that's just an entire roster turnover and um, good job for gerson rosas the the head of basketball operations durell murray's right hand man Um, yeah it's funny. That's probably why uh, um, they traded Covington to them because they they had that history and and they know the Rockets wanted him. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, but um, this team in general, I really love how Ryan Saunders plays uh, his his offense and defense and his his the system flow. It's fantastic for DFS and it's fantastic for fantasy. Um, yeah. Just look if if you look at the numbers. So we're we're including that Towns missed half the season. But they're still ninth in the league in points. You're missing your best player, and you're, you're ninth in the league in points. That's yeah. something to, to say. Good uh, good pace, and, and yeah, they, they get it done. Yeah. Third in the league in pace, and they're only .02 behind the Pelicans, who are number two. So they are in the upper, upper echelon of pace, so that team just plays fast. Uh, they're yeah. third in the league in, in three-point attempts at 40 almost 43 point attempts per game if your Most team's people just, wouldn't guess that that's for sure yeah they're running and gunning and, and they're not afraid to shoot and they have shooters and they're also third in the league in free throw attempts so not a, they've 100 percent adapted to the new um the new system of of the nba the new how, how we play is three points and free throw attempts kind yeah. of dissipate the the mid-range game and and that's great for fantasy that's great for dfs if you know that your team um you're picking players on a team that's shooting free throws a lot and running at a fast pace and shooting threes so they're doing everything that's what the league seems to be based on anymore that's for sure and um if you if you look at like their their percentage of shot attempts that are threes and and that come inside the the arc they're third in the league in percentage of field goal attempts that are three-pointers at 43 and they're 28th Jeez. in the league in percentage of field goal attempts that are two pointers. So to laminate the point even more, this team likes shooting threes. And when they aren't shooting yeah. threes, they're driving to the paint and trying to get to the foul line. So you're, it's just fan, it screams fantasy gold right there. It and, does. Um, I mean, it's yeah. the the two point shot is just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking in the league. You know, it's uh, it's funny because if somebody takes like a 17 footer. You hear the announcers say, "Oh, that's a bad shot." You know, yeah. you get it to the basket or step back and take the three. And it's like, guys, you know, two points is still good. You know, yeah, take right. the two. I, I just it drives me nuts. I, I don't like that 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 the game has come to three or drive and get fouled. It, but it really has. I mean, but, it's just that's the way it's yeah. happening. And you saw how much fun Towns and the team had last year when Saunders took over. Um, yeah. for Tom Thibodeau, because oh, this is, this is why he changed yeah. in, in philosophy. 
Oh, it's, it's night and day. If, if we look yeah. at the – just do the pace, three-pointers. Um, they were last in the league in three-point attempts under Tom Thibodeau in his last full year as a coach, and now they're third. Um, in yeah. pace, they were 28th, I believe, in pace under Tom Thibodeau his last year, and now they're third. It's just night and day difference, and you saw it la- um, last year when Saunders took over. This is why he got the job because his the best player on the team, the franchise player, the face of the franchise, was advocating for this guy to take over in towns because yeah. he oh, loves playing in that system. That's awesome, and you know he's. I, I love it because I, you know his dad, Flip Saunders, was such a great coach and a great NBA lifer. You know, and and to lose him at a young age was tough and. I'm so glad they gave uh, Ryan an opportunity. And like you said, you can't find an opposite set of circumstances. I mean, <laughs> you had a, a, a real likable players coach compared to Thibodeau. Everybody hated him. You know, the pace, like you said, the freedom to play the game in a totally different way. Using a bench so you don't beat the life out of your guys. <laughs> Remember Thibodeau used to just play guys like 50 minutes a game over time, yeah. and they're in their 54th minute or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, the the good thing, another good thing about the system, and before I even touch in the players, I've, I've said Towns a few times because, I mean, let's be real. This is Towns' team, hands down. But um, the, the system is what made a lot of DFS players uh, some money this year. They play fast, and they are active on the defensive end. I'm, when I say active, I don't mean that they make they get stops because they're giving up 117-plus points per game. Um, Ouch. A, a lot of their opponents, like a field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage, three-point percentage, everything's in the bottom 10. Their defensive rating is in the bottom mm. 10. So when you're going against the Wolves, you know it's going to be a fast-paced shootout game. But when I say yeah. they're active on the defensive end, they're active on the defensive end in the categories that count for fantasy uh, and DFS because they are third in the league in steals at, at almost nine per game, and they're tied for fourth in the league in blocks at almost six per game. Yeah. So not only not only are they giving up a ton of points and scoring a ton of points, but they're getting you the the money stats for DFS that actually count in steals and blocks. Gotta so love it, man. They, yeah, they're, they're, Stocks they're very, are my favorite mm-hmm. stat, stat for fantasy. They're very good at those while also not being a good defense. So <laughs> another thing that just laments yeah. that this is a fun team to watch. Well, um, it's, you can you can stack them and you can stack against them. So we, we've <laughs> had so many games where the T-Wolf games come into play. And it's funny because we talked about this the other day, and now we since we had to redo this, this particular uh, pod because of the, the Skype lost it in the cloud, but uh, – you know, we did the, the, I think, who was it, me and Andrew or you and I? Who did the, we did the um, Jazz and Nuggets, who are third and fourth in the West. You and Andrew. Me and Andrew. And we were saying, look, these two teams are really good. They're 43 and 22 and 41 and 23. And then we were talking about, they stink in DFS, though, because <laughs> they're both slow. They're both. Uh, they both play good D, and it's like, we don't want these guys. Let's go back to, like, the T-Wolves and Suns that yeah. Santino and I talked about, and we'll get into that with the, the Suns as well. But these, I would much rather play T-Wolves and Suns guys compared to some of the better teams like the Jazz and Nuggets. It's hilarious. It, yeah. it goes to show you, though, that correlation of people that think because they're a good team in the NBA, they're going to be good in DFS. No, that is a misnomer for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. 
the some of the best DFS teams are the teams that aren't that good, and it just goes because they don't play defense too much. Uh, when you're yeah. losing a lot of ball games, you're giving up a lot of points, and you're gonna have to score points to keep up. So uh, that's just yeah. <laughs> that's how it is. Most and, of the time, uh, I mean, the Spurs are even a team that that's sunk into that category this year. So you know, if they did, anybody can. So crazy. Yeah. And when we when we get to players that we're going to target on the Wolves, it's it, it's pretty much the same thing uh, like a lot of teams, but to the nth degree. It's who's in the lineup and who's not. If everybody's healthy, Towns, number one he, with a 29% usage. Russell, right there with the same amount of usage. Um, and then there's the, another the, – the third biggest guy on the team they, they got as well is Malik Beasley. And this guy yeah. is a microwave player. I love using that term for him because he gets hot in an instant, yes. and, and it just lasts. It lasts, and he can just hit shots. Um, a funny thing about Malik Beasley – I remember I said this in the last pod. Let's see if we can uh, remember it. But he takes yeah. about 16 shots per game since he was on the Wolves. Yeah. Guess how many of those shots are, are three-pointers? 14. Oh, that, that, no, he, he does take other shots than threes, but uh, eight of eight of his shot attempts out of the 16 are three-pointers, so half of his shots are from behind the arc, and he was hitting that at a career high. I was hitting both, at a career I high. I both showcases because I was way over. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was hitting at a career high in his small sample size for the Wolves, and it just goes to show he he's perfect for this system. Um, he was, he's was he been really good whenever he got in the playing time, but unfortunately the Nuggets were so deep that he never got it yep. except last yeah, year in that playoff run. Uh, but this year he wasn't getting the playing time, and then he went to the to the Wolves, and he just jumped right into uh, Towns was hurt, and he, he was the number one option, and they brought Russell in. But they were pretty much one and two for options, and they both are, are people that aren't afraid to shoot. Um, I, as I mentioned before, this team is high in the league in, in three-point attempts, um, and he fits right into there because he's not afraid to shoot, and he's a guy yeah. that who is who's very fairly priced on in in DFS leagues, and uh, he's a guy I'm always going to target because of he has the ability to score 30 points um, on 15 shots because he he just he gets really hot. Um, yeah. And then there's a couple other guys that are, are pretty good. In uh, Hernan Gomez, he doesn't have a high usage, uh, but he's not a he's not a guy that you're going to expect to have a high usage. And it's kind of good that he doesn't, and he's still a pretty good player because when Towns, Russell, and Beasley are all healthy, uh, he's he's not going to have that high usage. But he's he's been effective with the shot he gets, and um, he he can shoot, he can get you steals, he can score a little bit of points, get you some rebounds. He's very good at what he does, and he's some guy to look at when you're trying to fill out a roster for like a, in the four thousand range. Another guy to look at when Towns is out is Nas Reed. Uh, Nas Reed was playing really well. He was he had a 24% usage this year, um, and he was averaging yeah. 1.13 fantasy points per minute so whenever he towns is out and he's in that lineup he's definitely someone to look at and he's he very is. he was he's only like four thousand um he's two he's only 20 years old too that's the stunning yeah. part i he's mean great. literally so wow what a future for that kid he's he's not only a big dude he can shoot the three that's yeah, what he, he was one of my favorite summer league guys coming out of there i thought they you know they would pegged him for a g league guy and I said, I don't think I don't think he's going to go down. I mean, he played well enough and was so effective in there. Uh, I figured he could make the team. And then 
he wasn't playing, obviously, but then when Cat went down, he became a big part. Yeah. Uh, Anybody he, at our break, or I mean at the trade deadline to, to pick up players. To get Beasley and Hearn and Gomez for almost nothing is fantastic, and then added guys like Johnson. And then the addition by subtraction, because I personally think Wiggins is a dog, man. He just does not play half the time. He doesn't defend well. He's a points-dependent guy. I think getting rid of him and getting a, a, a fiery leader that, that you know players love to play with in D'Angelo, uh, I love it, man. I, I remember saying yeah. it when we reported the other pod, I think Minnesota is going to make that seventh or eighth spot in the playoffs next year, personally. Yeah, I, I don't know if – this system is going to produce wins or not. I hope it does. But if it doesn't, mm-hmm. regardless, it's a team that I definitely want to watch one. And I definitely want to target in DFS. Uh, we min- na- I named a few people right there. I didn't even, uh, you named him James Johnson. When Towns is hurt, uh, James Johnson gets stocks and he's a really good guy to target and he's not expensive. Another guy mm-hmm. is um, Jordan McLaughlin. He only had a handful of starts, but he was awesome in those handful of starts. It just goes to show that when um, this anybody is hurt this system is the next man up and the system is perfect for so many people we saw that with like i mentioned nas reed mclaughlin had his handful of games um shabazz napier when he was starting he was awesome Uh, gorgie dang was awesome when he was starting it's just uh and then andrew wiggins was having a career year Uh, he was he was a top he was he was one of the top rated guys early in the season Uh, robert covington was playing well Anybody that you put in the system is going to produce, um, and, and especially this is a team that you want to target whenever somebody's out, whenever Carl Anthony Towns is out, a D'Angelo Russell is out. You're going to want to go straight for their their backups. Uh, they like um, Nasri could play the four and the five. He could block shots, hit threes, steal the ball. Um, James Johnson could play the three, four, or five. Same with Hernan Gomez. He was playing the the three and the four a lot. You just want to. Our Jarrett Culver was playing one, two, and three. We didn't even get to him because he's had a down yeah. year. But he's yeah, a guy but that. He's, I mean, he might, was the fourth mm-hmm. pick overall. That dude's going to be a yeah. player too. He's you're, he was going to want to look at him. Yeah. Definitely, you're going to want to look at him. It'll slow down for him eventually. But these, there's so many. Even Josh Okogie had a few games. I wouldn't go target him, but it just goes mm-hmm. to show that. Uh, I, I know we did. The Mavs and uh, we did the Mavs the other day, <clears throat> and we were talking about they don't really have anybody to get you fantasy points besides Luca, um, Porzingis. It's sometimes Hardaway, but this team has so many different options. And regardless of if you have the usage or not on this team, it's just the system that they play in and how they play is anybody as long as they're getting the minutes that night could get you a significant uh, return on your investment. And it's, it's just a testament to how this team plays. And this is why it's so fun to watch when they're going to, when they're healthy, it's just going to be something that I definitely want to watch. Yeah. They're, I think they're a good team now. You know, the, the only thing that we'll have to see how it plays out is they have all of a sudden gotten a really deep team. So the question is, you know, Saunders likes to sub guys in and out, keep them fresh so they could run and gun, but, you know, that might hurt a little bit because of the depth now that they have, because I don't think they're just going to bench some of these guys. I think when Cat's back, you're still going to see 
some Johnson, some Hernan Gomez, you know, some Roz Reed, all those guys are probably going to get minutes. So that's, that's the only thing we'll have to keep an eye on because, you know, somewhat is true as far as money equal or minutes equal money. So mm-hmm. it's uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. And as far as contracts, uh, this team is going to be interesting coming up in this summer. You have Towns and Russell locked down for the long haul. Uh, James yeah. Johnson has a $16 million player option. I'm assuming he's going to opt into that because it's $16 million, but no doubt. who knows? It, maybe he wants one last long-term contract and, not for the stability, it, so but yeah, he, he better I, take I don't it. see that happening. But then you have Jarrett Culver, who's pretty much locked down for the long-term as long as the team picks up their team options. Um, Nas Reed locked down for the long-term. Uh, and then you have the two... Big guys and the elephants in the room in Malik Beasley, who fits this system like a glove. It's perfect for him. He's shown it in his small sample size. He was averaging career high in field goal percentage, career high in points. I, I know it, obviously with the minutes you, you're going to do that, but he was averaging career high in threes made and three-point percentage. He was just pl- balling out on this system. Uh, but yeah. he's going to be an unrestricted free agent or yeah. a restricted free agent, my bad, and I can't imagine teams seeing him like that and not trying to pony up and give him something. I don't think he'll get the max because that's a lot, but he's going to get a decent contract. Uh, The Wolves will have the chance to match that, and they might even just beat it outright before other teams even get in the market. But that's something we're definitely going to be on watch for. And then Juan Hernan Gomez is in the same thing. He's a restricted free agent. Um I think they want to bring him back as well. He's played well since he came over. Other teams are going to also look at him. I think they might get in a bidding war for one of them, if not both of them. But those are the two guys that you're going to want to look at at the most part. Uh, and the team has a lot. They're only they're under $100 million for committed next year. So they're going to have the money to pony up for these guys. But we'll see where they go, and we'll see how they how they do it. And do you think uh, there's anybody in particular that they're going to target in the free agent market? It, it all depends. Uh, you know, I think what they'll do is they'll see what offers come in specifically for Beasley. I think Beasley is a big part of their future. But you never know some of these wacky teams like the Nets or something come in with some 60, 80 million dollar offer. You know, they, they may not want to match it. But if it's reasonable, <laughs> I think they're going to focus on keeping Beasley intact. And, uh, you know, they may need one more veteran presence on that team and they do have some expiring money so there's a possibility they could get out there and grab one more guy but for the most part like Mm -hmm. you said they have that nucleus in place and really it's it's a young nucleus i mean d'angelo's still young cat's still young you know all these guys can are are still have a lot of career ahead of them so i think they have their nucleus I think they their goal is to re-sign Beasley and then just see if they can keep Gomez at a decent price. Uh, if they let Gomez slide, then they may use some of that money to uh, get that veteran in there if they really want to make a playoff push. Which you know, was it last year they were the eighth seed? Is that they broke a long streak? I uh, think two years ago when, years when they ago. had Jimmy okay. Butler and it was oh, the yeah, last full right. season of uh, Tom Thibodeau and Butler. Yeah. But I, I like how you said that they're going to have some open money because I, I didn't even mention Evan Turner and Alan Krabs bloated yeah, off the books, bloated yeah. contracts. That's about thirty six million plus. Uh, those yeah. those two guys are going to come off the books for next year. So that's why they do have the money to play with. 
And uh, it, I know last last uh, on take one of these podcasts we disagreed on this, but uh, it's something that uh, myself and Mr. Apatra have actually talked about and talking about bringing in a veteran. So let's just uh, I'll paint a picture. Carl Anthony Towns was really upset about the direction of the team. And then the team did everything that they could to overhaul that roster, nine players in, nine players out. And that ninth player, they waited to the last second to make the biggest splash of free, uh, the trade deadline and bring in D'Angelo Russell, who is one of his best friends. <clears throat> but if you, we take yeah. a, a trip down memory lane all the way back to yesteryear uh, that we call October 2019, <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a cover on Slam Magazine of – Carl, with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and um, they were talking about how good of friends they are on off the court, how they know each other's families and whatnot, and they were talking about it being basically the, the banana point or banana boat 2.0 um, yeah. with those two, and now they're playing together. But if we look a little bit closer, there was actually three players on that Slam Cover magazine, not just Towns and Russell, but a third guy who was also a superstar or also a star in this league. Um, his name is Devin Booker and he played with towns in college at Kentucky. Yeah. They're very close. They were also, he was also talking about how he knows everybody's family members, how uh, they go to barbecues together. They hang out off the court. Um, they're just very, they're, they're like a brotherhood, those three. And if we look, um, the Suns are a little bit better positioned. They've been making some good moves lately, but if, we we know how this season and and this uh, league is in general lately that star players have an easier say to where they want to play if they they can dictate sometimes where they want to play we saw it with Anthony Davis we saw it with Kawhi Leonard we've seen it a few other times around the league but if Devin Booker says to the Suns I just don't like this I'm not happy with the direction of the team I don't want to play here anymore trade me um, and and they kind of brush it off at first, but then he reinforces that and says, no, I want to trade. I want to play with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. I want to play in the Wolves. Get me there. I'm not going to be happy here. And then he becomes a distraction. This is all hypothetical, but if he becomes a distraction and says he wants to be out, the Suns are going to do everything that they can to not trade him. But if they have to, I mean, if if the, the Wolves are offering you whoever they take in the top five this year, because they should have a top five pick, uh, they're the third worst team in the league. Jarrett Culver, maybe a first-round pick, uh, another first-rounder, and then possibly Malik Beasley. I don't know if he would be in the trade or not, but possibly him to make the money match. It's going to be hard for James Jones and the Suns organization to say no to that if uh, Booker makes it known that he doesn't want to play there anymore and he wants to go to the Wolves. And then all of a sudden you have the three best friends and then a stacked, uh, a really top heavy one two three in that lineup this team suddenly comes super dangerous especially in this system and it would just reinforce even more of how fun this team would be to watch and i think that's a good segue into the suns um because devin booker is the suns well i'll i'll now jump in and say it's not hypothetical it's delusional (laughs) and i want to know what kind of wacky tobacco that you and Apatri are smoking to think that the Suns would let Booker go for whatever trade. It ain't going to happen, dude. I'm, I, I said it on the first time we recorded this, and now I'm saying it again. It just isn't – I don't see any scenario 
<clears throat> and I'll jump right into the Suns, that the Suns, uh, with their coach, Monty Williams, and their cornerstone and face of their entire organization, Devin Booker, especially with DeAndre Ayton being such a knucklehead, who knows what that guy's going to do. Uh, it's just, I don't see, it's it's one of those guys I feel is untradeable. I, I don't care if, you know, the only way they'd probably trade him is if they got Cat back. But other than that, they may not even do that because they already have Aiton. But I just don't see that ever happening. I think those guys can be buddies and still be Banana Boat 2.0. I mean, all the Banana Boat guys didn't play together. They Some of them did, but not all of them. So <clears throat> I just think that Booker is the, the face of the franchise. I love Monty Williams. I love what they've done this year. They've made a lot of strides in the right direction. Uh, you know, their big stumbling block and the reason that they're 26 and 39 and eliminated from the playoffs is because uh, stupid eight in there got a 25 game suspension for PEDs and, you know, he's a knucklehead. So in the I know that I'm not saying that they want to trade him, that they're actively putting Booker on the trade market, but we've seen star players like did. Would it make sense for the Pelicans to trade Anthony Davis when he's a top five player in the league? They had no other choice but to trade him because he was leaving and he didn't want to be there anymore. Same with That's Kawhi true, Leonard. The, the Spurs it's, didn't it's, want to trade Kawhi Leonard, but I mean, he gave them no other option. I'm saying D'Angelo Booker those can do two, the same thing. Those two comparisons, though, are different, a lot different. I mean, Kawhi had a, is the most bizarre human being. He's just a weird dude. And he's going to do what he wants. You know, he sat out, too. And then as far as Davis, I mean, he rode that train for a long time there. It wasn't going anywhere. It was just done. And so but Booker's a young guy. The guy's like 23 years old. And uh, I just don't see that. I, I, I get what you guys are saying. And I, I see that, that you know, the, your logic in, in, in saying that. But I just don't think it's it's on the table. I don't think, you know. Booker's younger, even though Davis is a superstar right now, Booker's a lot younger uh, than he is. Uh, and he's got a lot of game in front of him. And they just reset their whole front office in Phoenix, upper management and coach. And and Booker seems to be the guy that they're building around. So I get it. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I respect that you guys uh, feel that way, but I'm going to send you both uh, one <laughs> of the emojis with a guy puffing the little I just think there's dupe. a lot of a lot of smoke to that fire that it could potentially come no, cuz the only smoke is your and Depatria's doobies that's the smoke <laughs> 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 oh man anyway so phoenix getting back to them they uh, again they're out of the playoff hunt this year but another team on the rise with a good young coach they started off the season pretty darn good and then they just had all the They've had guys injured. Everybody's missed games, especially Aiton with that big chunk of games that he missed. Uh, but, you know, they're, I think they're a team on the rise for sure. Uh, you know, they're, the, the nice thing that uh, Monty's got them is he's got them playing faster. They're ninth in the league in pace. That gives more opportunity, you know, for all their guys uh, to get more shots up. And, you know, the, the thing about Phoenix is I think, if I'm Booker, I feel great, man. I got Kelly Oubre, who's an up-and-coming star in the league, for nothing. They got him for a washed-up Trevor Ariza. And then they've got DeAndre Ayton, arguably the best young center 
He's 21 years old in the league, potentially, if they ever get his head screwed on straight. And then you've got one of the most accomplished point guards on the planet in Ricky Rubio. I know we, he can't shoot, but if you're Booker, you got to love having him next to you running the show. So they've got that nucleus of super young talent with a big upside, some draft picks coming, and you know they're playing at a much faster pace. You know the thing, the only thing that was disappointing that cost them a lot of games this season is they started out the season at one point they were eighth in the league in defense, and that's when they were winning. If you remember that, like 15, 18 games into the season, they were like in fourth in the West. Everybody was going nuts, but then the Aiton thing happened, and then they're just their whole team just came apart defensively. They're now 20th in the league defensively. So that's an area they need to improve. And I think they'll address with a couple of off season moves, but, you know, also looking at the usage, I thought this, this was a really good point. And we talked about this the last time as well. You know, you've got your superstar right in that good slot at 30% usage, which is perfect. You've got DeAndre Ayton second on the team in usage, just under 25%. That needs to go up, and it will. I think that he just, you know, missing that chunk of games. I think you'll see eventually Booker at about 32 and Ayton right behind him at about 30. And then, like I say, Kelly Oubre emerged this year before he got hurt. He played 56 games and had a 23% usage. Blocking shots, you know, he's got some defensive talent, too. He's a fantastic guy on the squad. But then this was the the quiz I gave you last time. So you're way younger than me. I'd have forgotten all of these guys by now. But this was the thing, and I'll see if you can name some of them again, that I thought was bizarre. And the thing that made me say, I'm not rostering any of these guys in DFS when they come back for the rest of the season because they're all like running in place guys that just can't get it done for you. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten guys. The next ten guys on the team are between 15 and 20 percent usage. So that's sort of that death zone that they sucker you into taking for like forty one hundred dollars to <laughs> fill the roster and they give you 11 fantasy points and sink your team so do you want to see if you can name some of those guys um most of them are reserves but i i'll save the big guy because uh, i remember we were talking about it last time i'll save the big name last um and he's he actually <laughs> he moved I, into I, the starting line last time though <laughs> yeah you, you did I'll, I'll i won't i won't mention him but he he's in actually a starter right now um yeah. but well, we'll leave him alone, but I know I'll he's say he's not in his next ten. He's not even uh, in that. Oh wow! So yeah, yes. he is dead last. Um, yeah. I guess like we'll say start with backups like Frank Kaminsky, uh, Chuck Diallo, correct? Ty Jerome, Kobe. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Carter, Javon Carter. Correct. And then so there's a lot of this from last time. You're, you're sharp, man. There's all those guys, by the way, are in the sorry. team just mentioned. Yeah, Sard, Sard Johnson, Cam, Tyler and uh, seventeen, and then the other Cam Johnson, and then Frank Kaminsky as well, who who's been hurt. Kaminsky, yeah, he's he's uh, at tw- just almost twenty. So there might the be only one more, a great job. like another. 
Well, the only guys you forgot were Cam Johnson and Elia Kobo. They're both 16 and 14. And then what about Ricky Rubio? 19. That's pretty bad. That's pretty low. Yeah. For no, a guy I, said, that, I said Cam. Oh, did you say Cam? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Tariq Owens. That's the oh, guy. Oh, yeah, that's the guy. I forgot. But who's going to get that <laughs> one? You got to be really good to get that one. Uh, so all those guys, like I say, are in that 15 to 19 level. And then below all those guys, you, you've got 12.4. And this is what shook us last time. We couldn't believe it. Mikhail Bridges, 12% usage, dude. I mean, how he played 65 games this year. So how do you not have the ball just fall your way and do something with it? I just I, I'm shocked at that. So. You know, he's I, he's one of the guys on these notes that we're making in these preseason games. that I just put a big red X through. Like, can you imagine if he's 12 percent now with the guys out and injured and things? What's he going to be like? I mean, he's a starter for them. He'll end up back on the bench. But still, just a guy. There's one of those guys. I, that trick I think people in the I, play. I think maybe um, they'll have Ubre at the four and him at the three, or vice versa, and put Sarek back on the bench when uh, everybody's healthy. But either or. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges, and that's I, I told the story on the other show too, but uh, you know since it didn't air, nobody heard it but you and I. Uh, <laughs> Mikhail Bridges was a crazy situation on draft night. For those that that uh, remember, he played uh, at Villanova, and he was. The hometown team, his mother is a higher up in the Philadelphia 76ers front office, and she has a really good position there. So don't, with the number seven seven pick overall, the, sun, the Sixers take Mikhail Bridges. All their families crying, they're hugging. He's all choked up in the interview. The mom's there. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, he gets traded to the Suns. Just, just boom, <laughs> just like that. It's like, wow, NBA is tough, man. It is a business. So they they teased his mom with that uh, draft pick and then and let him go. But, uh, yeah, so just, you know, those are one of those things where I, I guarantee when you're looking at people's rosters, it seems like everybody has either a Rubio or – if he's out, Tyler Johnson or a Sarich or a Czech Diallo, if they're short up front or they want to think this is a game Cam Johnson's going to hit five or six threes or, you know, Mikhail Bridges, all those guys are just killers, especially in cash. Now, if you want to take a shot at any of those guys because of the perfect matchup and maybe a guy's got limited minutes or something, maybe. But none of those guys are on my radar at all. Uh, you know, even Aaron Baines, Aaron Baines doesn't even cut it. He's at 20, but, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's that team is, Ugh. is a three, three team guys, Booker, Aiton and Ubre. You're going to get the Baines fan club on Twitter coming after you with that one. Well, I like Baines. I think he's, <laughs> I, I love the way he plays hard and he does a great job. You know, he does a great job, but you can look at his statistics. I mean, he went absolutely nuts when when Aiton first went out. I, I mean, it was almost comical, and we'll have to look yeah. this up. But I believe he had three fifty burgers in a row. That's when the that's when they were playing. You know, you mentioned it before, but when Aiton was out and Baines was in the in the lineup he went and healthy, absolutely ape shit. 
that's when they were playing really good, and that's when they were uh, a top ten defensive team in the league without eight and and Baines in there because he was playing out of his mind. I, I know, and it happened all or uh, in the summer. Uh, he developed a three point shot for Team Australia yeah. that came out of yeah. nowhere, and it translated into the season this year. And uh, this guy, for a guy who didn't barely ever shot threes before in an in like an actual game setting. Uh, this dude just he, he can shoot now and not only can he protect the paint which he's been doing his whole career uh, even in limited minutes but this guy can stretch the floor and he I, I like him for a GPP more more specifically because as you he can bust as you mentioned uh, so I, I would lean towards him in a GPP when Aiton's out because he has that 50 burger potential for I, nothing. You know, I don't have any problem taking him in cash when Aiton's ruled out completely because but I'll tell you though if you really look at the last 15 to 17 games that he played and when Aiton was in there he was he was terrible I mean he was like 10 15 fantasy points a game so very bizarre yeah. uh, I don't know if he was playing hurt I know they rushed him back from sort of uh, from an injury so either he was hurt or just out of the the rotation to the point where Aiton was getting everything but now I we have such a strong Australian contingency at DFS coach talk I would never talk bad about an Australian. <laughs> we got, you know, uh, Richard and all our Australian buddies. Got to, you know, make, let them know. You know, we love the, uh, we love these Australian players. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this team is, I think, Booker, Aiton, and if Ubre's back, you know, he had a heel with an injury. Did we talk about this last time? Is he due back when they come back? Didn't we I talk believe about this? he well he was he had a four to six week timetable before the season okay. ended and yeah. um, it's so been four to six be weeks so he should be back yeah yeah because yeah, that's a big plus for them but again you know we've got the secondary criteria of you know we have no idea nothing like this has ever happened in sports so these teams that are just dead out of it have zero chance of making the playoffs and have to come back if they play the full schedule and play 16 games, you know, first of all, how hard do they coach and play their top guys if they're already eliminated, you know, and that could have a, a DFS impact if, you know, if minutes get limited and they don't want to push guys. Cause you know, if you're not in the playoffs, really not playing for anything, but it's almost like uh preseason games, you know, I'm just concerned that there'll be a bigger rotation and, a little shorter leash for the studs like Booker and eight and Uber, unless they look at it as, you know, let's do something special and try to finish, you know, uh, 12 and four or 11 and five and, and take that momentum in the next season. But we'll notice, you know, we'll have to watch that very closely with a lot of these teams, which makes DFS even tougher come, you know, because yeah. now you've got not only, one thing you got to think about, you got to look at a couple layers deeper in how this is going to play out. And a lot of it's going to be with the front office and the coach's attitude. Some are going to come in guaranteed with a let's just play out the string, keep everybody healthy, you know, no big deal. And others are going to say, let's, you know, go at this with a purpose and get it done. And that's and we're also guessing that they're going to play all the games. So we don't even know that yet, but we'll that's see where a that really goes. good point to uh, keep an eye on and it's not even just who's in and who's out of the lineup it's the the worst thing that's going to happen is are these guys going to be ruled in and then play 
15 to 20 like 24 minutes a game when they're normally playing 34 uh if any if you're ruled out it's a lot easier to see who could take advantage of that but if you're ruled in and just playing limited minutes when you're a star player that's going to be the the real tricky thing for dfs guys it is it i mean it's going to be a a franchise philosophical approach to how they want to go after these games now here's another thing that i heard too that was very troubling but uh, there was a report last week from the Players Association that there were rumblings from some players from some of the teams. And actually, I, it sort of leaked out a little that it was some of the Timberwolves, including Cat, that were mm-hmm. saying, why do they need to even come back and play? Why do they want to play 15 or 16 games when they're out of the playoffs? This COVID-19 thing is still not completely understood. We don't have a vaccine. Uh, why risk it? Well, poor cat. I mean, his his yeah. mother was in the hospital with it. His dad she still had is. It. Yeah, I think she's so still in the ICU. Good God. So, so you know, of course, those guys are scared. But you know that that's another thing. So how motivated, if they do force him to come back, is a guy like Cat going to be? Or you know, if he's not wanting to play until things are reset for next year, you know. If the mm-hmm. players' association respects that with some of these guys, you just wonder what what's going to happen, or you know, does this prompt them to say, "Well, screw it, then we're just going to go right to the playoffs with where we are right now." I mean, we we've yet to see that, and I was, you know, I, I it's disappointing to me if they do that. And I'll tell you why, Santino. I think that, and I I remember it so vividly after 9/11. You know, sports is such a wonderful thing for the, the country to get back involved with it. Not only is it a distraction, it's a passion, it's camaraderie. It shows that, you know, we're back. I mean, there's a lot of positive effects, let alone economical facts for the teams because, you know, they get that contract deal money, you know, and that we're talking in the billions, you know, even if they play out these games. So, you know, between the, the fact that it's if it's ruled safe, it's the right thing to do for the country. And the fact that economically, it affects a lot of other people in the organization and the team as well. So I'm hoping they get through that. But certainly I'm not in guys like Kat's shoes. You know, if my parents were in the hospital with it, uh, that would scare me uh, quite a bit as well. So we'll see how yeah. that plays out. Hopefully. These teams can come back. Knowing Monty Williams the way I do, I'm pretty sure he'll be one of those guys that says, you know, he was an assistant on the Team USA team. He's a strong, strong Christian guy with it. He was the director of fellowship of Christian athletes. We ran some camps back in my coaching days in Western PA, and he was the the main speaker, and, and I got to spend a week with him. Uh, running the leagues in, in the camp and just one of the best guys I've ever met in my life. Really, he really is. And I, I mean, I just see him taking the approach of, you know, let's do this for our country. Let's play proud. Let's win some games and blah, blah, blah. So that's that's why I still have Phoenix high on my map. And I think in the Timberwolves case, I think Saunders, not, not that I have any knowledge of him, but he just seems to be a heart on the sleeve kind of guy that would want to get these guys out there playing together and help the healing process. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many factors that are going into 
playing, not playing, um, and, and for us, DFS, who do we play? How do we target them? These are unprecedented times. We have to adapt to them, and it's just it's not going to be the standard of what we're used to and what we normally look at or yeah. how um, people normally would decide if they want to play or not or if they're healthy or not. There's just so many things that yeah. are question marks and um, the unknown, basically, to totally what we're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and God forbid, I don't even want to say it, but what if they do come back in mid-May or early June and somebody tests positive? Does that mean everything else is scrapped again? I mean, I, I think they'll just scrap the entire season and just uh, not crown a champion. I, if that happens, it's it's po- worst possible scenario that could happen wow. if they come back early and somebody gets it. And that's why I think they, that's why I believe that they're gonna wait a little bit longer. But yeah. um, I mean, you can't have that. It, that would be a not only would it be a PR nightmare, but it would just be a nightmare in general. It would um, be rough. Can't yeah. have that happening. Well, I mean, Rudy Gobert, that one specific evening, that one incident was caused the chain of events, you know, domino within 48 hours from, you know, watching the NBA to everything on earth being shut down. So <laughs> it was craziness, man. You just don't know. We just got to pray that this this gets finished and we get, you know, some kind of medication or vaccines they're working on and we can have some peace of mind going forward. But anyway, as far as the contract situation with Phoenix, uh, this is where I just, I wish I was a Suns fan. You know, Devin Booker just turned 23. He's locked down and through the 2024 season at a cool 158 million. So uh, I'm, you know, he's, he's going to be a cornerstone. They have Rubio. He's only still in his 20s, even though with all this experience, he's 29. He's locked up for three more years. DeAndre Ayton's locked up for three more years. Ubre, two more years. All their key players, even Mikael Bridges, three years. Cam Johnson, four years, uh, right on down the line. So they, they are not really having to make a decision on but two players this offseason, and that's Aaron Baines and Dario Saric. Those are the two guys uh, that their contracts are up, and I'm very interested to see. I think my my guess is somebody offers Baines a bunch of money, like mid-level kind of money, and they let him go. They're not going to pay him $15 million a year, but I think somebody will. You know how the league is. They saw that yeah. pocket of games like we did. They know he's a good guy. I think he'll go. Sarge, on the other hand, he's 26, which isn't bad. See, the other thing with Baines, though, is he's 33. So, you know, that could affect the money he gets, too. But I don't a lot know. Of injuries Sarge. under his belt. Yeah, Sarge just did not look good this year. He looked like he didn't want to be in Phoenix to me. I, I the, 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 Body language and everything, what he used to always do no matter what was play his tail off. I remember games in Philly where he was a differentiator, diving on the floor and, you know, taking a charge and getting a block. But Phoenix, he just seemed to sort of fade into the sunset. I don't know what happened there. So I think he'll probably move somewhere uh, at uh, lower money. But other than that, you know, they, they probably could use like a very good, good like 30 year old type four man that can come in and just bring uh some solid concrete 
uh, play and experience to the team. I think that would give them a shot to also be in that seventh, eighth seed spot next year, which I think is very, very possible as, you know, they all develop one more year together. So that's, I think, how that'll play out. They're going to have money with uh, another bloated contract. Tyler Johnson's going to be gone. His he's yeah. just a shade under twenty million dollars a year, so he's going to be off the books. So they'll have money to play with. But uh, yeah, let's they, assume they it, lose. They actually lose uh, twenty four million off the books between Tyler Johnson and what they still owed on Kyle Korver and Jonah Bolden. So you know that's enough to to get a guy with some experience, late 20s kind of guy, early 30s that really can bring the glue together. Plus, if they, you know, lose Baines or Sarich, that's another $9 million. So I think, I think they're probably one player away from making the playoffs if he's the right player. And they have enough, enough depth now with guys that got big minutes this year in Diallo and Okobo and Johnson and, you know, Carter and all these guys. So we'll see. I like the Suns, though. They're, I think, uh, again, it's weird because I like the T-Wolves and Suns in DFS way better uh-huh. than like Utah and Denver even. It's just uh, the, the funny quirks of the NBA. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But a couple of things. You can catch us every day. We're seven days a week. And like we said at the beginning of the show, we do these podcasts in preparation for when DFS starts. We are going to go through every nook and cranny of every NBA MLB and NFL team strategies, everything that you you need to be prepared to crush it. We'll always keep this podcast in front of the paywall. It's always going to be a free podcast. Uh, We just ask that you listen to them uh, and take a second to rate, review, and subscribe them. Uh, Subscribe to them. Uh, Give us the five stars and a little comment on iTunes. We have a drawing. Once a month, the first Sunday of every month, this past Sunday, uh, our own S. Caldwell won it, along with about seven sim contests. He, we just I think he's a king. robot. I, I, I think so, he, he's the simulation king. I, I, I think he's a robot. I don't know. He won the drawing. He wins everything. But you remember Rain Man, right? <laughs> I, think, I think he's the guy that can say, you know, how many uh, matchsticks are in the packet, and he memorizes the phone book. I've got a feeling he's one of those mathematical genius guys because whatever, I mean, it's bizarre, but he has been in the top three 75% of the time, dude. I'm serious. Yeah, he's unbelievable with these. He's a machine. So we, we've <laughs> got our much, own. Yeah. Maybe we should switch him to King. We'll just start calling him Cyborg. Yeah. I like Leonard of simulation games. But, uh, but anyway, so if you, uh, do that, then we'll have that drawing. You can win a free month membership at uh, DFS Coach Talk. And, you know, thumbs up on, on uh, YouTube is really important. Moves us up the, the chart there. And really, my best advice is subscribe. You know, Hit that little alarm bell on YouTube or wherever you listen to us so that when the pod does come up, because it'll come up at different times, uh, occasionally we'll do one the night before and post it in the morning. Generally, it'll come out between... 11 and 1-ish kind of that time frame each day. But if you want to know right when it posts, just hit the subscribe button each day. and Or no, just once, and it'll come up every day. Um, and again, when you're looking for us, we're everywhere podcasts can be found. We're on 
iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name some, and on several others as well. We've moved up, up. We're almost in the top 100 now in, in fantasy sports. So keep listening, keep turning in, uh, tuning in, and uh, we love it, man. We appreciate every one of you. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, that uh, we, we never forget, because we promised we were going to do this the rest of the NBA season, and it means a lot to us. I mean, one of the things if not the thing really that motivated us to, to jump out and go ahead and do this was, you know, Kobe's passing and just the Mamba mentality of get out there and get it done. And, and we did, we just, we jumped in within a week. We were up providing lineups for the three weeks until this crazy COVID shutdown, uh, one at 75%. And uh, again, we wouldn't have done it without that extra motivation. We're big supporters of uh, the charity MambaOn3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Uh, certainly a fantastic cause, and we would uh, ask that you you give as you can. Um, other than that, that's it, man. This is the end of the NBA, which brings a tear emoji with a tear coming down the face there. Um, we're done with the NBA, dude, for right now. Yeah. Can't can't we believe a lot, it. we got a lot to look forward to though we have baseball football, and football. um yeah. the simulations and or the the drafts that we're gonna do and we still have a we, we're still gonna touch a little bit of basketball but yeah this this is it for the team breakdowns it's a sad it day now i know it i know it for us nba dudes but uh tune in the next four days you're gonna get a complete breakdown of all of the the stuff we talked about before we did basketball but from a baseball sense, again, everything from, you know, the how the scoring is on the different sites. We'll, we'll mainly focus on FanDuel and DraftKings, but we'll also t- touch on Fantasy Draft and Yahoo. You know, we'll talk about late swap, no late swap, uh, roster cons- construction. We'll talk about the most two things that everybody always asks about, contest selection and bankroll management two very, very key subjects uh, that you have to have down pat if you want to make money at this long term uh, and not be depositing all the time. And that's something, you know, you got to remember there is, a, you know, it's not a gigantic percentage of people that win at this all the time. It's the people that figure it out, get it down pat, put the little extra so- secret sauce in there like we do at DFS Coach Talk you know, we want to be in that top percentage of guys uh, that win very consistently, eventually, you know, uh, occasionally take down a big one, but just grind and make money every night. That's the goal. So these four shows will uh, podcast will be touching on all of those things, strategy and everything else. And then we'll go into the two by twos, just like we did in, in hoops for baseball and preview the upcoming season. So I'm getting pumped for baseball too. I watched, uh, couple of the old games and it just was like wow man i i really miss uh watching there's nothing i and i miss uh vin scully he was my favorite ever i could listen to every late night dodgers game with just vin scully talking i think i've probably fell asleep Mm -hmm. to like 50 uh 50 (laughs) nights a year of just you know the late uh listen to the late game of the dodgers but yeah baseball is fun i love it it's a soothing game it, to me, I mean, it's the only 
pro sport that's played without a clock. So that just gives you that whole feeling of, you know, it's never three, two, one. Everything is just its own way in baseball. I, I think it's cool and unique. So uh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to get after it big time. It, it, it's going to be fun. Um, I can't say that baseball is not my favorite sport, but I can't say that it is. I'm kind of a guy who goes with whatever season it is. Uh, the, the big three, baseball, basketball, football. Um, baseball is usually my favorite, but if it's out of baseball season, if it's if mid-December, uh, it, it will drop down to two or so. But, yeah, I'm excited to hit it, too. And you mentioned Vin Scully. I think everybody loves Vin Scully or love oh. Vin Scully. That voice was just incredible. Uh, every time he called a game, it was just so soothing. You're right. And uh, going to miss him. And um, I'm, I'm ready for, for baseball now next, too. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, man. It's uh, just It'll just be so nice to be able to root for stuff and play DFS again and get back into it. And, you know, it's when, when this is the last, like, three weeks, we were so in the dark. It was like it's easy to get down or a little bit, you know, depressed about the whole thing. It really is. But it, it's been a good thing doing these podcasts, having listeners tune in, you know, a distraction talking about, you know, what could be. And, and now that we actually have some rumblings to talk about, you know, even though it's not anything for sure at all, but just hearing that they're thinking about ideas in Arizona for baseball <laughs> and Vegas for basketball, it gives you, you could start seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, so you're saying there's a chance. There is a chance. This is the the yes, Jim Carrey in uh, in the the Dumb and Dumber has a chance at the at the pretty redhead girl. So you never know. Um, but anyway, you know, main main thing is we perspective though. You know, as badly as we all want it, we still want everybody to be healthy and to be the right decision for everyone we have uh i'll just throw it out there we have one of our dfs coach talk brothers here that's had uh covid19 jump in his family so we you know prayers out to him and if uh, we appreciate anybody else that throws prayers in for our dfs coach talk uh, group because when it hit hits close to home like that the reality of okay we're you know, talking hours here about we can't wait for it to get back. But, the you know, the real reality is, you know, people are getting sick. So just uh, hopefully uh, they uh, all, everybody gets better. They, they come up with some things that are going to keep everybody safe and then we can get back. So that's it, my man. Any any wonderful last Santino isms? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any at the spot at the moment. I think you hit it. Uh, you hit everything we needed to hit, and uh, look forward to doing the next one with you. And I think it's—I'm not sure when we're on next, but I know my next one is the Cubs Brewers, and I can't look uh, looking forward to that. I'm a big I Cubs guy. I told you, whoever so has the Cubs like has it. to do it in the Harry Carey voice. Oh, I'd love oh, to. Hold <laughs> on, one, two, three. He's it's Harry Carey here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, I'm excited I, to I do that. I sent that out the other day in our in our Discord with, uh, you know, who does the great impression of him is crazy uh, Will, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. those videos. <laughs> I looked that up. Will Ferrell doing Harry Care, you guys will crack up. He did it, used to do it on Saturday Night Live all the time. For people that don't know, Harry Carey was the announcer for the Cubs for years and years. I used to listen to him 
when you could only get WGN and WTBS. So you had to either be a Cubs or Braves supporter because no, you couldn't see any other baseball. So uh, yeah, those are back in the days. So love the ticket is the greatest thing ever invented mm-hmm. in sports history, you know? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. It's been uh, Santino. Great doing a show with you again and stay safe. Keep the family healthy and uh, let's get back to sports as, as soon as possible. So we want to thank everybody for joining us for this episode of DFS Coach Talk. For my fellow NBA pros, Mike Apatria and Andrew Hansen, and of course, Santino Cocone, I am Coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow as we look to prepare to crush it in NBA DFS. Way to dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the home. My favorite play is the 